What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Wednesday. Like we said, it's a late one. By the time you guys hear this, it will be Thursday, the 26th. And at that point, we will be 11 days from the season opener. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, this is a this is going to be our Saluki preview. Last week, we did our Valley preview and everything up, you know, that was leading up to that point. This is the one we're excited for, too. We'll go through everything that we have an idea for for this current team, what we want it to be, what we think every player could be, all the usual jazz. And we'll have, we'll even dive into clearly our schedule, what we think our final records could be, all of that per usual. What's going on? Yeah, obviously, uh, exciting time of the year. Stuff, something happened with basketball, getting to see um, just some other other teams and get some secret scrimmages in, seeing what other teams are doing, obviously, and uh, watch a couple scrimmages. Uh, watched Illinois last week. Got to see Damask in, in action in the orange and blue and got to watch Louisville. So different couple teams getting to see what, what they're doing right now and getting ready for the season, and it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah, there have been a lot of secret scrimmages going on. We'll get to, We'll kick off with one that we didn't even know about until a couple of days ago. Something small on the recruiting front, and then everything you mentioned, Marcus, we'll dive into him and his current state, and then we'll finish this out with, like we said, our full SIU team preview. Uh, I mentioned the secret scrimmage, but no, we had to lead off with this, and it's important, and we didn't even know it until, what, late last week. We know the players have been doing small little interviews with Luke Martin. Uh, They did RJ McGee just a couple days ago, and the one last week was one of the other new guys that – Will be a pivotal part, and they hadn't got to him yet until they did. Noah Jared Hensley was talking to talking to Luke. They're talking about a lot of things, what he can bring, what his road was to this point. And Luke Martin had to ask him something that was really subtle in that. It was really small, but a lot of people could have picked it up immediately. Noah didn't really hit us. Maybe at the beginning, maybe we talked about it here or there, but it never really hit us of the possible waiver that was needed from one Jared Hensley. We know he's been at a couple universities leading up to this point and oh again this blindsided us we're excited for what Jarrett can bring us we'll even dive into what he could you know i even go when we talk about these players like we said talking about what he can be for us uh hopefully it's not all for not if he's not even able to play no this is an appropriate thing to kick off with because again he's an important piece for us and this kind of blindsided us but you know we should have known this was could have been the case from the get-go we know the whole waiver situation around the country no if Jarrett doesn't play that'll be That'll be, I think, bad for this current team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's uh, for being in full football swing and just knowing what our transfers and the transfers throughout the country for football have went through and now just easing into basketball season. And here uh, we have a guy like Jarrett that you don't even – I mean, you know he's been at two schools in your mind and you don't even think of, oh, wait, he could not be eligible. And it's sprung on us like this. And uh, you – we DM'd Luke Martin, and he said our guest, our guest is good as his, and nobody really knows how the NCAA handles things. So, um, may may not have him. He'll be a very nice addition if we do. Hundred percent, and we'll get to some other tidbits of videos that we've been seeing exactly the kind of skill set that he's hoping to bring to us. Yeah, we were able to get in touch with Luke. Yes, he said it's a, it's a bad process, and worst part is they honestly don't know when they'll find out. Luke Martin told us so. 
that's one of those things. They posted something with Noah Finsky on the football side recently. They talk about what the process is really like. They'll tell you a certain day, and then you won't find out for an extra week. Like, it's a crappy, crappy process the NCAA is doing. But, again, it, it's – again, we'll use the word unfortunate because how can you go – this has to be in the minds of everybody throughout. The conversations when you're recruiting somebody, definitely in the portal if they've been somewhere – Prior, we know all the other new guys have only been at one spot, so not to worry with them. And I just don't see how you go recruit a guy that you know this is hanging over him. They'll say, yeah, he's got eligibility. We'll look down the road if he can't get it. They clearly must be confident he can. But, you know, with and we find out so many things about football, like right before the season about, oh, these guys might not play. They've been running with ones and that sport, let alone what Jarrett could be for us this year, that he's practicing all summer. And he's playing like he's going to play a lot. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, at the first game in 12 days, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in street clothes at the end of the bench kind of thing. So, again, this this came up all of a sudden, and it's worth talking about. It's a big deal, I think. Uh, one of the top players on our team this this next season. So we'll monitor, monitor it as, you know, as everything goes on. Um, just hope and pray that he can play. Like I said, we'll dive into his game here near the end. But definitely had to lead off with that. Uh, no, the current team and, you know, some things have happened since then, clearly. they I think the other day, the season ticket holders, they were able to go get autographs for the new posters that came out with the schedule on them. They, they were given out at football games. That happened just a couple of days ago. But, no, there was a scrimmage video of team scrimmage that happened just a couple of days ago, um, which got us excited because you, you're watching that and you're clearly you're seeing a, a minute and a half video. You're going to see a lot of the good the good parts and – there were a lot of good parts. The aforementioned Jared Hensley was doing the kind of move that we expected him to do. <clears throat> Excuse me, with you know his using his pivot foot, getting around, getting floaters with that left hand, finishing around the rim. You saw RJ McGee make a three. You saw Trent make a three. You saw a lot Noah of Sherrod and Sharp. We'll dive into him more. There were a lot of good moments in that scrimmage from tons more people. I saw Scotty dunk a couple balls. That was good. Know your takeaways on that. What you liked, what you liked in that, in those small little tidbits, and then dive into, like I said, that we we knew about some apparent secret scrimmages. We haven't heard much more on those specifically, but there was one Noah we definitely didn't know about that just happened on Sunday, and uh, you know, you kind of looked around to see what potentially could you know could have happened in that scrimmage, and it's not what we want to hear for the most part. We'll dive into that, Noah. What happened on Sunday in the secret scrimmage, and who did we play? Yeah, I would say this uh, This would take part. We I mentioned the Xavier scrimmage last po- podcast. I'd say maybe that fell through and we'll still play Western Kentucky potentially or maybe vice versa, whether one of those does not happen um, because Bucky Dent, obviously our information was from Bucky Dent and that's always not the greatest source to follow, but we nope. trust him. We trusted him with his article and uh, – we played Loyola. We always thought since Brian got here and they left the conference, that'd be a good non-con game. But secret scrimmage, secret scrimmage against them, um, is a decent get. Um, but with the ver- various injuries we have, uh, not sure exactly who played. Obviously, we have injuries with uh, that. Uh, they said with you mentioned the season ticket holders. Um, got to go and see the team. They had their own little scrimmage, and there's various injuries with X still, D'Amico, Hornecker that didn't play in the scrimmage the other night. Got to see the other 
they said the guy I was talking to got to see the rest of the team. So um, if they can get healthy and gel as a team, it it'll be a decent. But Sunday or yeah, Sunday against Loyola, who has six grad transfers, a lot of veterans, um, according to one of the the insider sites for Loyola says Loyola won 92-64. Um, but if if Xavier, Troy, and Cade didn't play, I could see where we struggle against a team with Braden Norris still there. Tom Welch is still there. And they have guys, Greg Dolan, grad student from Cornell. Uh, Sheldon Edwards is there. Patrick Mwamba is a, a grad student from Oral Roberts. Dame Adelakun, grad student from Dartmouth, and they just have a lot of other talented guys that um, are still there and very old team. And if we struggled against them, I wouldn't. If you said maybe eighty-two, sixty-four, or something, but a Brian Mullins team allowing uh, ninety-two points is kind of hard to believe. But that's the only source of information we have as a, a guy that's saying from his source that happened. Uh, but if we had guys like X and them not play, I could see it getting away and just listen to uh, Brian's tone on the interview we got last week about it with Rodney Watson. Uh, sounds like we were pretty sloppy and didn't go as planned. But if we have guys with injuries, you can't, you're not going to be able to tell anything right now. No, not at all. And yeah, we were all of a sudden Monday got posted. Luke posted the interview with Ronnie Watson that Brian had, and we had no idea. So that was a must listen in the moment. And, uh, you know, we have no reason not to believe the Loyola kind of insider of saying, because that's too specific of a score. It's, you know, we mentioned credibility a lot and what people would be willing to tell if it wasn't true and they were just saying it just to say it. I don't think we have a reason not to believe that that was the case. Yeah, we talked. Brian, you know, here or there, we've played so many games now in his four or five years that I'm sure there was a game we almost allowed 90 points a couple times. I'm sure we mentioned how we almost allowed Indiana State to do it last year at home. And there's been sometimes, definitely that second year, I would say, but um, it is hard to believe because even without X, which clearly if you don't have your argu- arguably your best player playing, that's not going to happen. Of course, him and Troy and Cade, yeah, because – in that team scrimmage video, Troy and Cade were on the bench, but I just figured, okay, they were just waiting to sub in at one point. It was kind of one of those things. And we saw Troy, you know, last week at media day and X was there with them too. And of course they're not cleared to play and we're surely they will when November 6th rolls around, but and they're not going to be thrown in the game where they could, you know, injure it just a little more. So it's understood. And granted, we love Troy's impact and even what Cade would be, but if it was just those two missing, I'd be, you know, just whatever of playing if X was playing because those Troy and Kate aren't going to give you like the most, like it would probably have been cut maybe 10 points out of that potentially, but X not playing for sure. I can understand it. And that means in what Brian touched on was when X is out this year, it'll be counting on Sheridan and Trey to, uh, you know, be the ball handlers. And I guess that's was the case. Brian raved about a couple guys. He knew that we keep hearing Kennard Davis's name getting raved about. We'll dive into him, of course, near the end. Well, people kind of already know about him. Uh, but some good parts of that. But as you said, some, you know, yeah, he, he said turnovers were a problem in fall and they were kind of a problem in that game. And of course, if guys are injured, you can't gel as much as you want. They said, you know, Clarence X haven't been able to do f- total five on fives throughout this so you're kind of going there undermanned against an experienced team you went through a lot of their players of course Brayden Norris is still there as long as Valentine's there it seemed like Brayden Norris is tied to his hip 
And then Thomas Rush, we know is talented, and all the other guys we said. I forgot Sheldon Edwards was there. So it's understandable. Yeah, you're right. I don't – 28 points is a lot no matter who's playing. But um, – and Brian mentioned adversity. You know, two 20-minute halves they played. They said they did a little bitty thing at the end of, you know, for guys who didn't play as much. Uh, he said they have good film from this and a lot of combination options and offensive, defensive execution, stuff like that. But it's good to know all this. Again, we – you said the two that we're not sure about is Xavier and – West Kentucky, you're right. I think that one will happen. Xavier, not as much. You know, Bucky can be kind of whatever with his sources and what he – whatever, but it could just fall through and he could have been right kind of thing. But – and Brian said how – because Roddy mentioned we used to do just exhibitions when you were a player, but now we're doing secret scrimmages. And Brian loves the scrimmages. He said we could he we could do more, and we would do them all on the road, and it's good adversity at the beginning of the season. So all that stuff to take from that specific interview – but again, it's not good to know you lost by 28 points, and you said it. We talked about it. Brian's uh, – he was monotone in that video. You knew right away that maybe it didn't go our way. Um, but there was adversity face, so they'll move on to the next one. Hopefully we'll find out more. So, yeah, we'll see if Xavier is there. Xavier was officially picked sixth in the Big East poll, so it would be a good opportunity if it came – uh, but doubt it will. I mentioned if everybody gets their posters at the football games, I'm sure they'll have them the rest of the home games and you'll get them at, you know, November 6th when the games roll around here. So that's the stuff with the current team. A lot of Jared Hensley, no telling if he played, I'm sure he played in that game, but just in general, and then that scrimmage. Uh, no, if we segue to recruiting here, just some small stuff. And uh, I don't think we've had a whole lot since then. I just had some stuff on here of, I don't know if we mentioned Kawani Garris slash Last week, we uh, offered him 2025 guard. He was getting a lot of other decent looks. He'll be out of our reach at some point, but he was an offer. I did see Cam Miles, who ran on for 2025. He transferred to Arizona Compass Prep, a nice school over there. And then recently, Ace Buckner uh, went to Clemson. We talked about him recently. He was one of the few other guys on our list. Of course, he goes to an ACC school. Um, No, if you have anything else in recruiting, like I said, if you've just seen some stuff, around this is just this, the housekeeping kind of stuff to add to it. And then you already mentioned Marcus and what he did at Illinois. He was diving to that. And then uh, there was a team we'll play this year that showed out in one, one of their own secret scrimmages recently. Yeah, it's uh, just recruiting-wise, there's not. I can just uh, – besides that offer, there we have two other offers for 2024. Adrian Wooley and Cameron Martin, we've been over them a couple times, but – uh, Adrian Wooley is a six-four guard from down in Alabama, at Cottondale, Alabama, at Paul W. Bryant High School. Has a lot of offers: Belmont, Marshall, Murray State, Richmond, uh, FGCU, La Tech, Saint Bonaventure. So a lot of schools there getting a lot of interest for him. Then the other one, um, Cameron Martin from Saint George, Virginia, out of Blue Ridge High School. Only has us and SLU with the offers right now. So um, has some smaller offers like D2 and stuff like that, but only two, two D2 offers right or D1 offers right now. So just something to track. And there's we have a couple out for 2025. So it's going to be interesting to see along the way what happens for 2024, but um, be interesting to see. But, yeah, you did mention uh, Marcus DeMass. I did get to watch that game and – all the hype we've heard about him, him getting back healthy was completely correct. I mean, he was one of the best players on the floor, was absolutely dominant against Ottawa. I mean, they won 116-65. Um, 
he was really great in this one. It was the same Marcus Max. Played 20 minutes. Was 3 of 6 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3. Um, had 8 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. He got he had like 5, 5, and 5 at half, so didn't get to play a lot in that second half. But he was really good. He just makes the right play. And seeing him with um, even more talents around him is going to be very exciting. And I can't um, – not sure if Purdue's played a scrimmage yet, but um, just watching Marcus – succeed with guys around him is going to be great this season yeah I think just and it's no shot on us it's clear as day Illinois got way better players than we do he gets to play in a more you know fast-paced game he gets to play with way better players NBA style players on his team and they just played so quick and Marcus was around the three-point line a lot made some threes was there on some rebounds and some putbacks and then running the floor a lot, doing, you know, being the great passer that we know he is. So he'll, he will thrive there. Uh, it's a great spot for him. And we're excited as obviously Illinois fans as well to watch him play this season. So we'll be following his whole, uh, you know, senior season. And you mentioned Lance. Yeah. We're not sure. Uh, we saw Lance with his mom and girlfriend recently. They did some, probably some other media thing Purdue did recently, but yeah, game wise, we'll maybe touch on that in the coming weeks, what happened with that perhaps. But um, if you do want to see Marcus in action, this Sunday is when they have that charity scrimmage for Maui against Kansas on the Big Ten Network, I believe. So um, that will be at 5 o'clock. So if you do want to see a former Saluki in action, that's the way you can do it. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I remember hearing about that when it was announced. So Illinois will get to play. And they're 25th in the preseason poll. I think Lance and Purdue maybe second or third-ish. So – yeah, but getting the number one team Kansas to play that'll be that'll be really cool. That's a good op right there. Uh, I mentioned the non-conference team that played a secret scrimmage. They won their game, and Queens made eighteen threes in their scrimmage. And people were talking about it a lot over on X, and it makes us wonder when that game comes around. You know, Kentucky State will be one thing. We should not push over Queens one bit because not only. I think we would have felt that way even before this, but the fact that they're making 18 threes in the game, they're going to chuck them up. And we know if you, if you go on get on a roll with threes, things can get out of hand and you could get upset. We see it in college basketball a lot. So keep an eye out for that game, what they can do. So that came to our attention, no doubt. Um, now let's do a quick around the Valley thing before we get to the Saluki preview. Uh, we did see recently, and it's something we, you know, are jealous of around the league. What other, what other teams do, they do these events, they do their own scrimmages that fans can go to. They do things like Illinois state did. They had an outside event where they have a half court that they put out in this cool little area. And they had like a, what a three point contest girl guys and girls and did all that and brought fans out. It's really cool. Noah, you've seen a lot of other things that, you know, all these other Valley teams have been doing, which we wish we'd do besides just a, a meet and greet in July, uh, you know, and have those kinds of things. And, you know, we, we I remember quoting the team scrimmage video and say, it'd be nice to see this because they had reps in that game and stuff. And some guy commented that, yeah, you can just walk in the door and go watch. And that was through homecoming weekend and stuff. It's like, okay, I mean, yeah, might think about that. But in general, you know, Illinois State's got a lot of different, you know, resources than we do even. They're like fringe power six resources. So they're able to do all these fun, all this fun stuff. So that, you know, that's just cool and worth mentioning. We mentioned how last week Dana Ford was asked again about what his extra scholarship will be that Dalen Original has gone on. Uh, and they gave it to a walk-on recently in a cool video they posted of, him at the podium and Dana telling him about it and the teammates 
you know, huddling over him and stuff. Really cool. So they're giving that last scholarship to a walk-on. So really smooth of Dana to kind of talk through it when he was asked about it, knowing that that was on the horizon. So that was a cool thing. Uh, Noah, another secret scrimmage, another Valley team. I didn't. I don't know what the stats were clearly of anything or what the final score was. Did see that Northern Iowa lost to Wisconsin. No shame in that. In a sense, we know Wisconsin's not overly great. They're not overly bad. They're somewhere in the middle. Maybe a, you and I maybe played with them, hopefully. But nonetheless, uh, Noah, this is this is the topic amongst Valley things that I had for a while, just of whatever. I think it's appropriate. We talked about them last week. We talked about a lot of the players. But if we were to dive into top 10 or 15, because we can kind of roll through this pretty quickly. We kind of talked about it in previous days. But top 10 ranked Valley players in our eyes of obviously 1 through 15, who the best is from 1 to 15. Like I said, talked about a lot of them already dive into some that we think because clearly I think we have an idea. I don't have a full list, but we can kind of give an idea of what a surefire top five is. Maybe we'll finish out of 15. Who do you think this list pertains to? Who is the one through 15 in your eyes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's pretty easy. I think the top five, obviously you're going to start with Tucker and Bowen Bourne. Um, then obviously Malevi Leon should be up there. Uh, Rob Perry's up there. Obviously, then you go to the Don Clays, the Cade Tysons. Then when you get in the Robbie Avilas are definitely the top, what is that, probably six or seven guys. Then that finish off a top ten, it's pretty – you could go a lot of ways, whether you wanted to go uh, with a Strawbridge that can score like that or a Brody, a Burford, just some other guys that you could throw in at that back end, uh, the Duke Deans, the just so many guys that you – get to that back three but the top seven are pretty clear if you wanted to do it that way yeah again it's, it's something we just kind of brought up we didn't really prepare anything on it specifically if have like a legit ranking like we did last week but it's clear that seems like tucker and bowen are the top two players in the league and uh i mean it kind of feeds off of you know you were invited and there was an sau fan that hosted our friend captain donuts on twitter that they're doing fantasy leagues around and a lot of fans around the Valley are doing this. And he invited you, but I think we'll do a co thing with that and label it who we are and kind of do a fun little thing all season. We're excited for when that draft rolls around. That just had us thinking about what these players are and what the kind of value that we know what these players are on a team like that. But um, yeah, again, we've talked high on specific players in our own right of what they could be like Robbie Avila's high. And again, it's hard to really pinpoint just rambling through people know who the players are but he said we didn't have it fully prepared of that but we we have an idea it's as long as tucker's one and bowen's two i think that's a safe bet to know everything else fills out after that but you know maybe an sau player would sneak in a top 20 we're thinking xavier johnson is our top 20 player and that's crappy to say you only have one player in the top 20 some teams have at least two or three but it is what it is we know x is up high on a list like that uh so again as time goes on we'll talk more about Valley things that can get brought to our attention and leading up to the the start of the season, what it will be like. This pro- might be our last episode before the season, clearly. Uh, so real quick, I guess real quick, just two more Valley things. Uh, Ross Dean put out a uh, 20 coaches on the rise entering the season mentioned Darren DeVries. Then today uh, Tucker was put on the preseason watch list for the Julius Irving award. So uh, both DeVries is on, award tucker says he's staying four years in his recent article with harry schroeder that's his plan um but uh, i could see if they have success this year 
maybe him and his dad jumping ship for one last hoorah somewhere else at a bigger program. Yeah, I don't know. If they live up to what they're picked as to be and what they should be, they rightfully should do that. But, you know, I wouldn't put it past them how loyal those guys are to their respective states, whether it's Tucker Pro or, heck, they could go to Iowa itself, something like that. I can, I can see them staying even if they sweep, like just dominate and do whatever. But that's all we can hope for. But Tucker did say four years, so I think we'll hold, hold him to his word. He'll score 3,000 points in his four-year career. Uh, so, yeah, good stuff on that. You're right. Those came out. Seeing those lists, seeing Tucker on it's kind of wild. He's by far one of the best mid-major players in the country. Uh, so without further ado, let's let's dive into what these dogs could be this year. No, I have a lot of topics, and I'll just run through them and kind of, you know, or we'll go one by one, and then we'll get, you know, your, you know, co-thoughts on it and worry about some other topics till we lead into, like I said, we'll kind of predict what a, what a, Overall record could be. We mentioned an over-under episodes ago. We'll bring that back near the end. But, no, I think the main part of what this season could be this year is because, with a, you know, clearly under Brian in the last four or five years, this will be the first team that is not led by Marcus Damask and Lance Jones. I think that's the number one thing to take into this season is there is – you know, we don't have any – we don't have much star power. We know some players we have that are funneling axes around the top 20 players, so on and so forth. But not having the volume of Marcus and Lance can do wonders for it for a widespread team. You've said it endlessly through the offseason, and we're going to lead off with it for the most part. New life in a system where it's kind of a breath of fresh air – and really, it's a case of how we could be offensively. No, I mean, Marcus is a 1,500-point scorer. Lance, 1,200 points per game-wise. I think Lance was around 13, 14, and Marcus was around 16 or 17. That's around 30 points that we'll need to cover this year. You expect jumps from other guys that will get to Clarence, X, et cetera. But, no, that's clearly what it is. We don't have any league stars. That's why we're picked ninth. And – but I think, again, that's the leading thing. Where Where's the scoring going to come from? But the fact that the volume is gone. Marcus did everything for us last year. Lance was so inefficient. He wasted possessions. He's a great Saluki Hall of Fame player. But, no, I think that's a breath of fresh air without these guys and what it could be. It's It'll be fun to pinpoint who the specific ones will be that will step up, whether it's new guys, young guys, whatever. But, no, that's the main thing. No Marcus and Lance, and we're seeing how the team can maybe be this year in that regard. What do you? How do you think, you know, again, it's hard to say now, but just a projection, a guess per se, of what this team needs to be without those two guys hogging everything for the last four or five years. It's it's a it's new life. Yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be uh, more easier to watch instead of, all right, we got to get one of these – there's 10 left on the shot clock. Let's get one of these guys the balls and let them try to do something because obviously got more playmakers and more guys that can create their own shot on this team and score the ball like we haven't had the last couple of years. So uh, it's going to be easier. You're going to be more spread out, um, probably score a little bit more, maybe give up a little bit more points on defensive end. But um, it's always – it's the Drake's, the UNIs, those teams in the world, you like to look at their spread scoring – I mean, last year, uh, I don't expect any of SIU on this year to, to score this much, but last year's Drake team, Tucker averaged 18, Roman Penn 12, Sturts 9, Brody 9, Wilkins 8, Samake 8, Calhoun 7, Enright 5, Ferguson 4. It's going to be more like that. I don't expect anybody to score 18 a game if they do. I mean, 
I expect that to probably be Trey Miller off the bench or starting in a starting role because he's the more guy that's inept to pro or be able to score that way. But it's going to be, I think and hope, I pray, easier to watch on the office and offensive end. You said the thing with giving it to Marcus, 10 seconds left. There's been so much stagnance, and that's what Brian said that he's noticed with this group is there, there will be no stagnance. And it's hard to say no. How about you just say there will be less stagnance because you can't force anything. We know Brian's a defensive guy. We expect this team to be great defensively as well, minus the 92 points allowed against Loyola. Feeding into the season, you expect them to, you know, last year we scored 65.7 and we allowed 61. We've allowed 61.4 the last two seasons. So, you know, expect the defense to allow around that again this year. And, I mean, one can make a case we're better on defense. It's all about, like, hearing about it, hearing about RJ and Trey's defense and hearing about, you know, just speaking of Jarrett, you know, what his defense could be compared to what Stulich can bring us on the perimeter and be versatile. And then it's Kennard and Sheridan bring. I think overall, because, you know, Jawan brought us good defense at times. Lance was great. Marcus was average or below average. Foster was a shooter only. He didn't give him many ops to even show what he could do on defense. And then just everything else, AJ not playing. He, if AJ plays this year, that adds defense. I think we could be a better defensive team. And that's not to say exactly we'll, you know, be way under 60 this year, but expect it to be around that. And then the offensive scoring. And we mentioned how opportunistic with certain players offensively. It's, it's the Stevens in the past, Jawan's that – knew, okay, well, I can't do much of anything on this possession. I don't want to do too much because the whole offense has evolved around Marcus or Lance. you got to give them the ball. And, you know, and it led to them being stagnant in their own way where they couldn't do anything because they had to feed into what we wanted to do. So we hopefully we have a guy to step up. You mentioned Trey Miller, Hunter, and we'll get to rotations, what we would like him to be, no doubt, just because he's aggressive. You go have to – you just have to go recruit guys that are aggressive. That's the bottom line, you know. Marcus had many flaws of his game, but again, if he didn't have to do as much, if we had better supporting casts, Marcus would have been like he'll be at Illinois this year. Like I said, not the level of players, but in terms of not having to be relied on for 90% of what you do. And then we mentioned Lance's inefficiency. It was just not there last year and it killed possessions, hoping for less killed skill or kill possessions. So again, breath of fresh air in that sense. And I'm mentioning Brian's talked endlessly about what this team could be. He's mentioned versatility. He's mentioned better on the drive, better on the offensive boards, everything that you'd expect. And Noah, we recall Brian saying months back, this is the most talented team he's had. And we've been so top heavy with Marcus and Lance in some facets that outside of Cash Coupette three seasons ago, and heck, I mean, I guess the addition of Clarence last year in X, that it's, it could be fair just because that's how deep we expect to be, I suppose. Um, but no, again, we want to be the versatility part and the driving part. We don't want to settle for too many outside shots. Not sure we'll get into what this team could be shooting wise, I suppose. But I mean, Noah, again, because we have so many guys in certain positions this year, the versatility should be the name of this game, offensively and defensively. Um, again, you know, in terms of space in the floor and space of aggressiveness and all that's what we see. You can touch on this before we dive into player by player, but aggressiveness is what needs to happen. No more stagnancy, no more inopportune times. People need to be more opportunistic in this spread offensive team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we have 
a lot more versatility and athleticism and length to give people problems defensively, but also we can that we can use that to, on the offensive end. A lot more guys who, um, I, I'm, besides, unless he's unless he uh, unless he's changed this off season, which I highly doubt he has. Besides Trent Brown, and I, there's not another guy on this team that I wouldn't be afraid to see him put it on the put to put the ball on the floor and dribble and attack the rim because all these guys can probably create their own shot off the dribble. So definitely a lot of more versatility offensively and should be a more a more flowing offense and be able to use that. We should be in transition a lot more with the athleticism we had, and I expect to see that um, this season. Exactly. Transition is something Brian for sure said, and it, that means they're just going to play faster. We were a terrible half-court team, and even in the likes in the scrimmage and some other facets of turnovers and stuff, how you can be – how this team could be in the half-court. Hopefully this team gets out and run a little bit more. So, like I said, a lot of things to keep an eye out for the team overall about what to expect. Uh, no stagnants, better in transition more aggression on this team and more of a widespread offense. Don't have to rely on one single guy in possessions. Noah, now let's get player by player. I think let's just go from number, you know, from lowest to highest of what we like to see from this player. Obviously what the role could be. Like I said, we'll get to, I guess after we do this, we'll we'll dive into what we would like rotations to be in this. But no, let's start out with a guy that is hurt, wasn't media day, is wearing the new number zero. We've said maybe he's doing it in honor of his of his friend Foster Wonders that has moved on. Troy D'Amico in his true junior season. The name of it for Troy, Noah, is he's improved every year, whether that's playing hard and you know, being in the right place his freshman year, being the only one to to play. Remember the shot against Indiana State in the corner was huge. He just he's been a rock steady glue guy. He's been our glue guy his whole career and we can't expect him to not be anymore. No, like I said, expect him to improve more this year. Could be on a shot, could be on anything. Last year he was our center against Oklahoma State. He was our center the first four games, five games before Clarence jumped in the starting five. No, he's just he speaking of versatile, that's what Troy can do. He's even said what to Harry and the media outlets. I want to guard one through five. I want to do all this other stuff. But no, I think the name of it is to expand Troy's scoring this season of what that could be. You touched earlier about what his shooting could be. What are our expectations for Troy this year, Noah? I mean, if Jared Hensley cannot play, I can confidently say Troy D'Amico will be starting this year. It all depends around that position about what those two. But no, what what can we expect from Troy this year wearing the new number zero? Yeah, definitely. If he if he gets fully bath healthy and be's be the guy who I think he can be. I mean, ever since Troy got here and him starting to play, I think I've been saying it. Um, a guy he needs to look at is Garrett Sturts. Just be more of that kind of guy. I mean, Sturts last year, averaging nine point six rebounds, two assists, and and just being that guy that can guard one through five and be that pest that everybody hates to play against. Because this is the type of guy he can, if he's worked on his shot, he can shoot it better than Sturts, and he can be a better player than Sturts. Even though Sturts was a great player for Drake. For all 12 years he was there. So if Troy can do that, get healthy, I definitely think he can be that 7 to 10 points a game, 6 to 10 rebounds, get some assists because he's a way better passer than Sturts. And obviously we know what he can do defensively. 
Yeah, and not to harp on Bucky at all, just knowing that after the season was over, he made he had stories about and he asked Troy himself at Media Day about now that Marcus is gone, what Troy could be in that spot. And he didn't fully make it sound like, yeah, he's gonna go in there and score fifteen or more a game like Marcus did, but but you know, in that at that position itself, it makes sense. You said the number there, seven to ten points seems appropriate. Again, if he can get more on his shot, he said he's been working on his three point shot and be aggressive himself. I mean, Troy's got that dog in him. I mean, he he was like one of the few guys that went at, you know, the Jay Sean Henry's of the world, of all those other things. And he touched on, like I said, him and Clarence going at it competitively. Troy's a competitive guy. And he was a point point center for his high school team growing up. And he's barely, I'm going to say barely, but rarely, I guess, handled the ball. He We've stuck him as like a four and a five. And maybe he can play more of that three or the four potentially. We like our big ten, and we'll get to one in a second. But that's all depending about roles and what everything. But expect Troy to play a crap ton. Expect him to do everything we just said there, an improvement, and be one of the top guys that you can rely on. He was sent to media day for a reason, we like to think. So excited for Troy this season. Uh, if he's number zero, that means he's going to play faster kind of thing. When you dot that zero, it looks different out there. So excited to see what Troy can bring us this year. Looked for him to improve once again. Noah, number two on this team, and said it. He's one of the three big men that we like to think a rotation can be like in this one. Barely played last year. It's unfortunate what happened to him. It's, you know, of course it's, you know, it just a little, you know, anything can happen in life. We know this. And it could be a 6'10", 280-pound dude on a scooter to do that. Noah, when that happened to Scotty Abube last year, it was devastating because we saw him play in the exhibition – or not the exhibitions, the first couple games of the year. And we saw him throughout when he came back. Noah, he is unbelievable in certain in certain stints. And we mentioned how we saw him in a mask recently. He kind of gets banged up. Noah, what can we expect from Scotty this year? It's clear as day what he brings us. He brings us energy. He brings everything. He maybe needs to bring back the energy just a little bit. Play not as out of control. But, no, what can you expect from a guy who's barely played college basketball, whether that's redshirting when he didn't need to his freshman year, all of it that we've said since he's been here, Noah. Again, your overall thoughts on Scotty's career to this point and hopefully what we can get out of him this year and what expects to be a giant role, honestly. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you really this year. Um, Clarence been banged up a little bit. Obviously, Cade's still banged up. I think you need to take the big dog off his leash. Just let him let him play more minutes. We know what this guy can do. I mean, we've seen it multiple times. You just get he's he's not going to play a lot. You have a great if Kate, if all three are healthy, you have a good rotation of bigs. But this is a guy that needs 14 minutes a night and those seven minute stretches you just let him sprint and get dunks and rebound and play his ass off like we know he's going to this guy's full of energy this is a jd and a in the making kind of guy just he's gonna give you he'll give you five and five if you let him play 14 minutes a night and yeah he's gonna he's gonna probably get four fouls in those 14 minutes but just let the guy go play. This guy has too much athleticism, brings too much energy because you're not going to have that energy guy like JD off the bench anymore. So it's got to be a guy like Scotty that brings that. Great point. And even if he fouls a guy, unless it's too hard, it's a flagrant or something that hurts us in the game. That guy who gets fouled is going to know it. And he's going to say, I'm not going to go to the rim anymore. Cause I got that big guy at the rim. It's, it's one of those things. And, I mean, the, watching him run the floor was special. 
if you're a guy that's that size, and we've always said, and it's been said amongst the staff that Scotty is not always in the best shape for what he needs to be. And we've, you know, I remember saying he looked amazing at the, at the uh, meet and greet. And we've seen videos to where maybe he has that metabolism to where he, he gets on with, you know, he, he gains it a little bit and then loses it quick kind of thing. I don't know. He kind of works that way physically, but he's a freak. And again, he would have played more last year where he, Granted, if he plays and just how those games can play out against Musa, that what if we even beat Oklahoma State and so many things play out in a game, it had to just go as perfect as it was. But he missed so many stretches of the season to where J.D. was – he didn't have to be rushed back, but we know that fed in – you know, J.D. not starting the season until he came back. That bled into K getting the red shirt taken off, and it was just chaotic at the big position next to Troy and Clarence that – you needed that stability, and, and Scotty brings just easy stability as a young guy. The fact that he can dominate that much. You said five and five. I think he could score more than that. If they let him play enough, barring foul trouble and everything else and what you go with in matchups throughout a game, I think Scotty could give us eight to ten points. I really do. He seems – he's the best – he was the best free throw shooter amongst all of our bigs last year in a short sample size. And he's unbelievable at the rim. He'll dunk on anybody. I think he could score more. I think he could be – We had, I didn't have a thing on here, no, of X factors. We'll get to that maybe at the end of this segment. But he could be one of the X factors for us in this team. And, and a year where the third guy in line of bigs will get to, we'll, we're not sure what his role is. And now that he's hurt, it's interesting. But Scotty has to be big for us this year. I expect him to be. He just needs to stay healthy. And hopefully, again, he draws back the energy just a tad to where he doesn't foul as much and he can stay on the floor more and more we mentioned how it would love to see that him and the next guy Clarence Rupert maybe play together if Clarence could stretch the floor and be a potential four but just going back to the first two that they're the last guy standing of the last you know to all the 2020 guys are gone and the, and obviously Foster's now gone those are the last two and then these previous two classes so Troy and Scotty staying loyal here to the program no I the aforementioned Clarence Rupert It'd be cool. We always say Clarence would be an awesome four man because he kind of plays like it, but he's got to feed into that spreading the floor that I recall watching a Instagram video he had back in May of him doing everything, hitting threes and in, in motion, game speed kind of stuff. Noah Clarence is clearly one of our best players on the team. He was um, he was awesome last year when he got in the groove. He's unbelievable around the rim. He's athletic. Our expectations for Clarence should be pretty high. I mean, people are saying this guy's got player of the year potential. He said that before last year, which I thought, which I've been dead wrong on so far as his defense. I said he could be a defensive player of the year before he's a play, before he's an offensive style overall player of the year. You know, clearly his defense has to improve, but we know how great he is offensively. Clarence will start for us. It's, it sucks that he's been hurt, uh, but clearly if he's ramped up for November 6th, it's all good. One of our top players, Noah, surefire starter at our five position. What can we expect from Clarence in year three when he's seen it all through his couple of seasons of role-playing at St. Peter's, getting in the tournament, or starting 90% of the season last year? No, or Clarence should be pretty pretty seasoned to this point. We expect big things from him. Definitely expect him to take that next step as a junior here and use that 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 guy we know that's in there a Philadelphia guy that's going to just be that backbone of this team and be this big man. Uh, just hopefully we see that pick and roll with him and X and the other guards just take off and him get to score a little bit more and see what kind of 
big man we have. I mean, if he's stretching the floor, um, not sure exactly. I think I'd like to see him. Just I was just I've been kind of comparing everybody to some, uh, another guy in the league, and I was just looking back at what Rink Mass did from three last year. He attempted sixty-eight, made twenty-four. That's thirty-five percent. I don't expect Clarence to attempt sixty-eight, but I'd like to see him attempt it more just to be able to make it if he can pick and pop it makes it just easier for every other guard and player to get to the rim and if he's open he can knock it down we know it's in there we've seen it in the st peter's run he made a three um we've seen it only a couple times at siu we know he can do it we just gotta we gotta see it more yeah, i want to say cal baptist game he shot one at the end of the shot clock and banked it in or something like he barely shot him last year and for him, I think it's just confidence. If he gets the confidence to shoot it and he's not hesitant, he will shoot it more, and I think he could make it more. Yeah, we like to see around that percentage. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. You cut Rink's total in half to where we can maybe see 30 or something more threes from Clarence, and by the time he's a senior, it's even more than that. He just needs to grow in that facet every year. I asked him if he was – you know, if he's worked – I asked him at the – Meet and greet if he's worked on stretching the four. He said that the coaches, you know, told him to work on that this year. And like I said, the video I saw on May, he's been doing it. So, again, one of our top players, he needs to – yeah, he he's ultimate aggressive. He was elite, you know, he was involved with the whole Murray scuffle. Like, he's a guy that's going to talk, be competitive, like we said earlier with Troy. Like, he'll bring that dog also to our team that, that this team, I think, needs. We talked about over the years, we needed more dogs. And Clarence brought that last year. So, excited for what Clarence can bring. An offensive weapon, like I said, he's unbelievable around the rim and his finishes. Marcus was really good at feeding him the ball, feeding him the ball. Hopefully others can as well. Same thing for Scotty in that sense also. No, let's, let's get to one of our freshmen, number five this year. We didn't think anybody maybe was going to don number five. Nobody for sure is donning number one and, and shouldn't ever again. Darren Brooks and Marcus Damask held that number down, two of the best careers ever. But no, number five from Lance Jones is given to a guy who p- kind of plays like him and – you know, where they're comparing and contrasting market or Lance and Sheridan of their kind of games as true freshmen. Sheridan's got some polish to him. I'm not over here saying Lance wasn't. We know Lance was benched and Murray State freshman year, and then uh, Aaron Cook got hurt. The rest is history for Lance. But, no, Sheridan has showed us a lot. Wasn't sure what his role could be if he could play, but, no, more and more here we're hearing Brian talk and seeing him on videos. He's ready to play. He's got the skill set. He's a state champion. He's – He's from one of the best high schools in Indiana. No, I think Sheridan's ready to play and don that number five proudly. Most definitely. I think uh, just thinking of recent freshman guards in SIU, if you think of guys, I was actually just going back and looking right now. Um, I, I immediately think of just athletic guys like that to Darius Bean, but just going back to another point guard, Aaron Cook's freshman year. Um, he got, he was the team's backup point guard average about three and a half points a game with just over an assist and about 11 minutes a night. He was fourth in the team in steals, scored double figures twice that year in conference play against Drake and Evansville. I think he played in 32 of 33 games. If, if Sheridan gets that chance, I think he can give you around what that kind of be a steel machine, get some more assists and be able to score around four points a game and just be that really true backup point guard and learn from X and those other guards in that room. Yeah. He's just a combo guard. He can score, but he can handle the ball. We mentioned earlier, Brian expects him to be a ball handler when X is off the court. 
and expect him to be good on defense. It's like everything that you expect from a true freshman. You, I like how you're going back and trying to find other things because all you got to do is go back and find guys. And Brian's not going to go back to times when he wasn't here to pinpoint different players, but just in order to see just what the role has to be. And yeah, exactly. Sheridan, if he's out there, be a little bit aggressive. Don't be overly as a true freshman. You can make mistakes in that way, but um, just come in and yeah, you know, play responsible basketball, you know, play team oriented ball to where, like I said, not over aggressive, just kind of do your thing. And if it's there, it's there. He seems like he's confident in his own right that again, we saw him split that double team, split that ball screen in that video and finish at the rim. Yeah. If he can do any outs of that with confidence, he'll have a great career. And that's what Brian's preached about our freshmen. They'll have great four-year careers here. And we talked about what Sheridan's on in his scholarship. It's kind of interesting, but he's here for a reason. They stole him when he decommitted and he committed on Mother's Day this past May. So really excited for Sheridan as one of our top freshmen. No, this next one's a big one. Number 10, our, our captain, our leader, he was amazing for us last year. He really changed it for us. He was a huge reason why we won 23 games because we had a guy that handled the ball, led the offense, and you know had X off, or had Lance off the ball. And you know, Xavier Johnson's incredible. And we would like for his assist numbers to go up. Expect that this year. He was a clutch shot making machine when he was dead. When he was the whether it's the Missouri State game or whether it's at the end of a shot clock, Xavier's are on the three point line or anywhere. Step back three. His arc. It's going in. No, besides his injury, which is I don't I hope it doesn't slow him down. If he didn't deal with an injury, he'd be his momentum going into this year would be great. Not saying it won't. Injury could slow him down in that sense a little. But no, Xavier is going to lead the way for us. And we talked, he's our best player. And I think there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's great rebounder, can score. He just needs to get his assists up, like I said. No, what can we expect from number 10 this year? Our captain Xavier Johnson in his final college year. Yeah, definitely expect uh, X to take that next step. I have him preseason second all-conference. Just going back, I'm taking one from his coach. His coach's junior year where he averaged averaged 11 points a game. He averaged about five assists. He averaged two steals a game. I think X can give you a little bit more in scoring than 11 potentially, but – if he's around 11-5 and we know he can rebound around probably that three or four mark and give you two steals a game, I mean, I have him as defensive player of the year too. I think X takes that next step and he can be that leader just like his coach was his junior year. Yeah, the defense will be there. He's going to be a top man in assists again. And expect more for expect more than seven points, three rebounds, two assists or 2.7 assists, expect all of those to take a jump this year because he's going to have to have a lot more responsibilities on his plate. Uh, we didn't know what X's you know, career was going to be once all of our guys left this past year and it was going to be a new team. We weren't sure, and we know a lot of it can tie into why guys – some guys wouldn't have leave, you know, left because you don't want to transfer twice and have to deal with the thing that Jarrett might have to. So we didn't know if that was a part of it, but we know – you know. If guys are guaranteed start, you know, starting roles or big time roles, they're going to stay, especially if they like the place. And we like to think a lot of players come here and like it here. So, shout to Xavier and his in his grad year, he's going to show out for us and, like I said, lead the way and arguably be our best player. He'll be our most important player, one could say. So, off injury, expect Xavier to be incredible for us this year. Uh, expected 110%. No, number 12, it's again, it's Marks' jersey number for the amount of days till we get here. Chris Cross, a valuable piece 
as on the team, you know, I, I, I say we can expect him to play at Kentucky State if things go right. Expect him to play in blowouts, good or bad. Clearly, he's not going to get in any meaningful moments, but Chris Cross has had an awesome, awesome career to this point. Being a legacy guy, being, you know, we know we don't have J.R. Jacobs, just Chris to keep the guys loose and do all that. So shout out to Chris for being here and being a, a great teammate all this time. We won't spend much time on Chris, clearly, but no, he's a, he's a vital piece of this team. That's not underlooked one bit. Noah, let's segue to number 14, a guy we're just massive on this year, thinking with if, if any guy's going to take an, an extra leap, obviously of returning players, but players that we know about, surely, it's A.J. Ferguson. And he had a weird year last year. He was good in Oklahoma State and got, in games like that. Alabama, he was our best player in the charity exhibition, arguably. Like, he was good against those kind of opponents, oddly. But no, his sporadic playing time the rest of the year. If he came in, talk about a guy where when he came in, talk about a guy that played like his hair was on fire. He played 110% quick, and he needed to just be a little bit more refined. And we mentioned how Brian said that in December of last year, he kind of elevated his work ethic, and he's just a changed man. No, that's all we've heard from AJ. And whatever his role could be, he could start. He could very well just be an important piece off of the next group off the bench. No, we can expect an AJ in his true junior year to clearly be better than last year. They should have used him in, you know, better last year than they did, but we can expect AJ to take maybe arguably the biggest leap on the team. Yeah, definitely think he could be um, one of those guys that take that giant leap and, and production and um, come in and he's going to defend. He can knock down the three. Uh, just his athleticism is probably maybe the most on the team. He's going to be explosive and, we just got to hopefully they take the reins off him. Like you said, last year it was, it was the, this, it was there and was not. And just the shakiness of when it, when is it, some of these guys, not just him, but are they going to play? Or are they not? And sometimes they just get thrown in there and they expect something to happen and nothing happens because uh, it just doesn't get in rhythm enough. And then they have to pull him for some reason. So this is another guy that, Definitely. I mean, his obviously his body has changed a lot. He's gotten in the weight room and added some weight. He looks more muscular. Uh, this is a guy that's going to definitely take that next step and going to be a big role. I was just trying to think of somebody off the top of my head. Going back, he could be a guy that averages around five, six points and five, six rebounds. I was just thinking like a Jonathan Wiley at that kind of size, athleticism. Uh, he can shoot a lot better than Wiley, but just trying to think of somebody off my head. That's a great pull. Wiley had good moments for us, and that's a good skill set of that size and stuff of like the dirty work athleticism that AJ can bring. We've seen him shoot a lot of threes. I mean, I it's not fully this way. He's not going to shoot as good as Cash Coupette, but like clearly that's a position we needed. Jawan didn't give us it fully last year. And we have multiple guys on this year that could give us that three, that are small forward spot that's really important in this league and expect that jump. And if he's just more refined himself and he's more aggressive, like I said, he, his aggression was there, I guess. It's just a matter of holding it back, kind of like how Scotty was in a sense. But um, again, they could have used him more last year. And we're hoping that on both ends, he takes that step and gives us a dynamic piece. Like I said, off the bench or starting, we'll get to a guy that he could be fighting for that spot for and two spots from now. Noah, the next guy is was almost honestly in the same boat as AJ as, as the season went on of playing time. 
We've never seen a weirder freshman year than Cade Hornecker. No, we know he should have just redshirted. We talked about the games when he came in. Cal Baptist, he was good. Uh, Tennessee, or what was it? Tennessee State, they pulled the redshirt off him. Like I said, JD was close to being back. You could get by with Clarence and Troy. Why do it? He came in and scored a little bit and was good. We like what we see from Cade. No, there's been some lofty expectations amongst people. That's honestly not fair to him, whether he even knows it or not. But us fans know it, and it's honestly blasphemy. Like I said, not fair to him. Should have sat last year. Noah, he's got the skill set of a seven-footer that, again, there's not many seven-footers in the league. If you use Cade the right way, he will be good. He won't be what people expect him to be, supposedly. But Noah, Cade can be used in so many ways as seven-footer. We see him in the short corner. He can dunk off the short corner. He can block shots. He's he's loud on defense. He's, you know, he's, he's just – I talked to him a little bit at this at the open house about things that he could be this year, and he seemed confident in himself. What can we expect from Cade this year, Noah? He's hurt himself now, but you know, I don't know what to even think of Cade's role this year. I don't, I honestly don't know if he's going to play a lot again because we'll get to what our number could be. You just you'd be you'd be playing way too many guys if you're playing the freshman too. No, what can we expect from Cade in this and this sophomore year when he's already had a pretty weird career here so far? Yeah, definitely think. If he's healthy, he could take some kind of step. I mean, we've seen moments last year where good and bad and uh, gave him some spark in a couple games. I just think it's going to be one of those type of years potentially for him, which sucks for him because the two guys in front of him. But, like, all right, you could you could see him for a good 10 minutes one game but not play very few the next game. His body probably it just – I think there's potential for three banks a three-man rotation at that big spot, but uh, just where he could just come in and if he plays, he, he can do well, things well and rebound and score and potentially block shots, but uh, don't know exactly because just the two guys in front of him, it's another word we use on fo- football a lot. Unfortunate for him, but there's definitely a role for him on this team and if he's healthy, he can get some opportunity. I think the more run he gets, the better it'll be because he's been it's just so raw at seven foot right now that he has the shot and he can he's a little bit slow on the defensive end. Hopefully he's fixed that this offseason, but he's banged up right now. Let's just hope we can get him back healthy and be that third guy. Just I mean, just thinking he can give you good quality minutes as a true sophomore. Yeah, again, it just it's weird. I don't know what the thing like I mentioned how Scotty was our best big man free throw shooter. Cade could be that if he played enough. And I'm glad you mentioned the defense. He was slow on that in a little bit that he definitely needs to refine that as a seven footer and as a shot blocker. Um but offensive, like I said, it's there. Short corner where that's around the rim, dunk it. Your seven foot kind of thing. And Lofty expectations I mentioned was Rodney Watson on a radio, I think it was on In the Doghouse last year, said he's got NBA potential or something crazy again. Like I didn't mean, I didn't honestly didn't even want to mention it. That's just how blasphemy it is that Rodney would say that and put that pressure on Kate. If that's the case, then he needs to play some of the most minutes on the team. That's bottom line. So again, whatever that is, but I think the injury could be the worst thing, could be the worst thing for him because he's not, if he's not playing. He's not, you know, playing with – he's not in any runs. He's not in the secret scrimmages. How can you 
bring a guy into a rotation that he's barely even played, whether you like think he can be that or not. I think the injury could be the worst thing for him. So again, I don't know what to think. I think he could be at the very bottom of the pecking order rotation. I hate to think that way and I'd hate to see it, but I think that's what's going to happen. I, ho- I hope I'm proved wrong because I would like to use him. No doubt about it. Um, no, the next guy is a new guy. He's coming from a, a talented program. And as a Memphis fan as well, seeing Tulane and the, uh, American Athletic Conference be like a gritty, talented team. RJ McGee is a guy that knew his role at Tulane. He wasn't like he was French top five player on that team, you know, whatever is take a next step of talent and all that jazz. Five points in his career total. He had 17 in a couple games, one against Memphis. I talked about the about the open house about that scoring, you know, and having that game. And no, this is a guy that hopefully can be a blend of what we've needed at that spot. 6'5", 205. He's got a good refined, you know, frame and physical frame. He's been shooting a lot. I think he's going to give us a lot from three. I think he's a career 40% three-point shooter or something like that. So, I mean, Noah, again, if he can be the mix of what Cash was. Cash was a great three-point shooter, had so many moments, needed to put more weight on. If he's like a mix of Jawan and, and Cash, and I don't want to put any – you know, loaded expectations on RJ knowing what he was at Tulane, but he's got to be that and more here. He's taking a step down and whether whatever he's counted on to be, you know, he's got the skill set to be what we need him to be a mix of Jawan and cash. What do you think on that? I, mean, I think RJ could be one of the most important players on the team because he's one of the oldest and he played at a higher level and played decent. Five points is what it is on a, on a skilled team. No, I think we can expect nice things from RJ this year. What do you think and what his role could be? Yeah, definitely think he could be a starter right away at that three spot because there's a lot of different. And I think we could see different depending on matchups, where we want to go with with things and see where he's at. But I definitely think the mix of Cash Coupette, Jawan Newton, that type of guy, that veteran guy we bring in and just to obviously there's some younger guys on this team, but just to be involved and be a better three point shooter. Yeah, I think he can shoot really well. It's just a matter of if he'll be aggressive as well and ultimate facets. He said he takes pride in defense, and I think that's one of the biggest things as well. Being that kind of guy you can go put on other good wings around the league and be confident in defensively. So he has to fill that multiple-faceted role for us, and I'm excited, honestly, for RJ. In his last college season, he's looking to go out with a bang, I would like to think. So excited for RJ. No other next guy, the most tenure guy on the team. It's really not even close. Fifth-year it was cool when he was coming back. We weren't sure because all of his buddies were gone. And, you know, he it was just a weird year for Trent and injuries and playing time and stuff. But Trent Brown being back is a, is a good thing, though, I think, Noah, because what this team could be as a shooting team, we'll get to a guy that could be the best on the team. Trent's been making shots in the videos they've shown. You know, he's an ultimate leader. He is – we mentioned how Captain's Patrick put it on X, but we could put one on Trent, too. Noah, what could Trent's role be as a fifth-year guy knowing that maybe he could have came back and said, no Marcus and Lance, maybe that's more ops for me kind of thing. I don't know. It's like he he believes in more of a team-oriented offense and stuff that he could come back. But I also just think he loves it here and wants to use his eligibility. Noah, what could Trent be for us this year, you think? Yeah, definitely. Hopefully he's back. Got a f- That back is, of his is fully healthy, and he can give it a full go. And just hopefully we can – find something like he was a sophomore year where he got to play a lot in that and had a lot of steals he finished the 
finished the season eighth in the MVC in three-point field goal percentage with 39%. I mean, if he can find that, he had 44 threes that year, had 30 steals. If we can find that, I'm not ex- – uh, and then you fi- if you can find a night where he was that, like he was Butler that year where he had 21 and was five of six from three. If you can have one of those nights where that could be a key – a key non-con game or a key conference game where Trent just finds it that night and he has it. If he can go back to that sophomore year where he's fully healthy and find something with the teammates he has around him, definitely, hopefully, that's him. Great analysis on that. He just needs to feed off these other guys, like get him the ball in space. Maybe he's a big transition three-point shooter, what we want to be this year, all that stuff. His defense hasn't been the same since his freshman year, but we know he can still bring it. And again, he he knows what to expect in every arena we go to, every everything. That's why it's good to have him back in that sense, along with what he can bring shooting wise. He's got to be better than. It's hard to beat. It's hard to be worse than he was last year. Honestly, we'll put it at that. So, it's cool. It's really cool to have Trent back in his fifth year. You know, carrying on the legacy of what this team was at the start of this era. And it's again, it's cool to see. Hopefully, he goes down on top with us this last year. Noah, a guy I'm really excited for. I had him on all defensive. I think he can be so many things for us. It was fun talking to him at the open house. His dad is everywhere on, on X. He's excited as well. Trey Miller is should be one of our top players this year, Noah. He's only a true sophomore. I said on the tweet about him, you wouldn't know. If you saw him play, if you saw him, just if you talked to him and all that stuff, he just physically he's does not look like he's – a freshman and that could be whatever he's I think he's more just naturally looks this way Noah he's going to be a guy that again he won't lack confidence we'll put it that way and that's why I think he'll be good for us is the aggressive drives on his tape from incarnate word he was he was everywhere around the rim he finished floaters he did everything he can he can he has sneaky athleticism and he can shoot a little bit. Noah, he's the full package. And I think on defense, he's awesome, too. Like I said, I had him on all defensive team. I think he could be – him and X locking down the backcourt could be good things for this team. And they can get in the passing lanes and get out in transition. I love Trey Miller. He's one of my favorites on the team already. I just love what he can bring. Noah, like I said, as a true sophomore, uh, you know, I think the excitement level around Trey is warranted. And I think people should start knowing his name. You said him earlier. It could be our leading scorer. We'll get to what his role could be after we're done with these players. But no, what could, what do you think we could get from Trey this year? I'm thinking a top three or top three player on the team this year, production wise, and just everything he could be for us. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is um, a guy. Whether depending exactly what happens, I mean, if I would prefer right now probably a six man spot if we have Hensley. If not, I think you could easily. Uh, see RJ slide to that four spot and we slide Trey into that starting line, which next to Stulich and RJ and X, I would like to see that, but a lot of different, I think he just takes that next step. I mean, we saw obviously uh, what he did at incarnate word. I mean, obviously this is a jump up in level of play in the Missouri Valley and definitely with our non-con this year. Um, expect him to do what he does and score and defend. This is going to be a really fun player, um, potentially a more more efficient Lance Jones, potentially. Um, can't wait to watch him because, obviously, his, his parents and his dad are excited, and we're excited to have this kid um, part of this program. Yeah, I just think Trey could bring so much for us. I'm really excited for 
Him in the back or for us, you said it. We'll get to it. Maybe off the bench. We would like that. Noah, the guy we've talked endlessly about, one of our favorites as well. Again, people can't quit raving about him. It's we're talking about one of some of our favorite players on the team. That's exactly what Kennard Davis Jr. is. Noah, he's I mean, by far, I mean, we've liked the recruits we've gotten over the years. You mentioned how half of them are gone to this point now, but no one exceeds what we love about Kennard Davis coming into this season. Everyone's mentioned it. We've said it from the get-go. We saw him play twice in high school. He was awesome in both games. Uh, they went one-on-one one in those games. He played good teams. We just saw him do his thing on a team that won their third straight state championship. Would have been fourth if it wasn't for COVID. Noah, he's not only is he bringing the winning that Brian has preached he wants to bring in here, but he's bringing some of the best defense I think we could we could say ever we've ever seen from a young guy coming in here in terms of our fandom and what we've kept up with and loved in our lives. Like Kennard's bringing a skill set that's interesting, and we weren't sure if he's going to play this year, but no, I think they have no choice. And I would have thought they would have had no choice from the get go as soon as he committed. He has the body for it. He's got the mindset for it. The Speaking of aggressiveness, that's what Kennard is going to do. No, I, I can't really foresee him being unaggressive, maybe on offense a little bit. But, no, he could step in, and he could arguably be our best defensive player this year from the get-go, and that's with Xavier and Trey Miller on the team. That may be a little bit of hyperbole and over-exaggeration, but, no, there's no doubt. Kennard Davis is the real deal. He should play right away, and I don't think we should expect expect less. Yeah, definitely expect him to probably play right away. I mean, everybody's been raving about him so far um, from where it's Coach Mullins. You hear it from even Troy and X at Media Day. I mean, this guy is ready to play. And if this team doesn't have Hensley, I mean, I think it's his role's even bigger. So, like, I'm so excited for this guy. We've been watching this guy for years now, um, going to different high school events. So, Excited to see him finally in maroon and white and on that basketball floor. The fact that he's only been two hours away, we've been able to see him in these different shootouts and stuff. Never saw him at home, but again, we've never been this in tune with a recruit in this way, and we've wanted to see him for a reason. So he's the real deal. We're so excited for his career. Once they get these jerseys going, I might have to invest in one of Kennard Davis. Love him. And so excited for his career here. And we've, like I said, never been so excited for a guy coming in in a long time, hoping he can play a lot this year. Like I said, he may have no choice. And you said a couple of times for some guys and what the roles could be if this next guy does not play. Jared Hensley, Cincinnati transfer. Been talking a lot about him. Got to talk to him a little bit at the open house, talking about just where he's been, what he's learned, you know, and coming off injuries. We That was one thing when we got him was, kind of his frame and we talked a couple episodes ago about Colton Susan you know doing the before and afters with these guys and Jarrett looked good in that sense and he's still kind of slender but no his offensive game lives up to it we saw it on on the transfer tapes whenever he you know when they when they post those and the the limited action he got at Cincinnati that's also that same conference as RJ McGee came from I didn't really look back and see of Cincinnati and Tulane game to see if they matched up in a game to see what they would have done against each other but no, again, that's that's a level that's pretty good. And you're coming here, and you should expect to be a little better. I mean, that's bottom line. He only averaged two points in his career in this past season, and he's got the skill set to definitely score more. We talked about it on the video they posted recently, and what his skill set is. He could be a he could be a paint beast. He has the length to get a shot up over anybody. He can stretch the four a little bit. No, I think he he he'll be one of our best players if he plays. 
And that's the big thing that's carried over this episode is if he's going to play whatever the rotations and everything's going to be. Noah, again, it was interesting because whenever we were in on Jarrett, we weren't sure. It's like, okay, yeah, this guy coming from so-and-so, he just was in the long line of our thread. And then, obviously, we heard all the rumblings and we ended up landing him. And, again, I like him a lot. You know, I'll pinpoint a lot of guys that I like a lot. And we'll get to the final guy that you like a lot too. But, no, what do you think Jarrett could be in the season for us? Clearly, if he plays – I hope he does, and I want to say the team could, should have confidence that he will. They have no reason to not let guys coming down a level and not play. No, what can we expect from Jared this year if he plays? Yeah, definitely expect him to, if he's able to, and the NCAA doesn't screw him over like they've done so many, uh, be a guy that can be that probably – I mean, he has the potential to be this leading scorer with his, his skill set. He doesn't really, I mean, doesn't really have a Damask. I mean, can kind of see a little bit of Sean O'Brien in his game. Sean O'Brien was a great legend, one of our favorites. I mean, just a guy that he can do it all for this team at that four spot, and he's going to be big. I mean, if he gets to play and can stay healthy, has had a little bit of injury issues a little here and there. But this guy's healthy. I mean, we know, we know the sky's sky's the limit for him his potential to help this team uh win right away if he i pray he gets to play uh because this team could be a lot different if he doesn't oh goodness i mean offensively and whatever he'll bring defensively he's got the length to you know matter especially at the four spot but i, I don't know he, he he's kind of you know he's tough to guard in the pain i think if he can Get those moves, keep that pivot for, like we said, it's tough to guard, and no doubt. I mean, again, in a season where we need to score more and make up for the points we lost, Jared will be one of our leading scorers. And if we lose that, that means more for Troy and more for freshmen. And it's hard to expect freshmen to score a lot just in general. It's like you're just be expecting a whole lot more. And, again, I wouldn't have recruited a guy if I wasn't sure he was going to play. But they were must be confident. And Jared's a former hundred, you know, top one fifty prospect in high school, and all these seasons that he's played when he's healthy, he plays in all games. And grant again at that level, he'll be a reserve. He averaged about around eight minutes per game two seasons ago. Uh, he's coming off kind of a downer year in a sense, but again, he's got the traits to good. He was eight minutes per game this past year as a junior, so and his his season high was eleven. So again, we expect to be more of that this year. I'm really excited for what he can bring. Again, around the paint, which is what we'll need. He can space the floor as well. So we're praying he does get that waiver, 100,010%. Now let's end with a guy that you like a lot, and it's rightfully so. We have knew about him beforehand. We recall when we played him two years ago, he dogged us, and we were like, who the heck is this guy? It's unbelievable. He was the difference in that game besides us turning the ball over 20-something times, we recall. But, oh, Yvonne Stulich, I mean, Little Rock kind of pushed him to the side, kind of treated him like crap last year. He got hurt. And he was taught, telling me at the thing, at the open house, that he kind of felt like he was disrespected from his coach. So he can, like I said, kind of cast him to the side when he was hurt. He was playing through injury at the get-go, and it kind of just rubbed him the wrong way and entered the portal, and guess who jumped on him? The team that he dominated two years ago. You know, and it was a perfect get for a couple of his last years here. Uh, like I said, injured last year. He got to come to the arena, though. That's a big reason as to why he came here. He saw what the first game was last year in the atmosphere and loved it. Like I said, no, it's one of your favorites on the team, rightfully so. He, uh, Yvonne Stulich will be a vital part of this team in a lot of facets, but what could those facets be for a, a year that, again, Noah could use the shooting, use the scoring, and just bring another dog into this program? That's what Yvonne brings. Yeah, uh, sneaky athleticism for 
a guy like him, uh, I mean, I love this guy. I think this guy, um, he's my pick to be the leading scorer on this team, whether I think he could be off the bench in a potential role um, or, or he could start. Um, I love his game. I think he's going to be an instant impact guy. Uh, I just can't wait to see him in maroon. We're in that 33 like Sean O'Brien, but uh, can't wait. Hopefully he lives up to wearing that number. Yeah, again, and importance will be there, hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of these guys need to live up for, to live up to certain numbers. But again, now that we, if we segue, hope you guys enjoyed the whatevers because I feel like we do know a lot about these guys, whether we barely seen them play. Clearly, the guys returning. We I feel like we know most about these, so hopefully we gave good enough descriptions. Now, if we try to just come up with a rotation, and and it almost seems like it's hard to do because of the whole Jarrett thing. But let's say Jarrett can play of what rotation could be it's tough to say who plays in what spots through a game but we know clearly the, the top i th- for sure can say confidently top 10 guys that should be playing and that's not even counting the freshmen but clearly there's guys on this team that need to play a lot and Noah will dive through quickly to like what we both think our own like what the starting lineups could be if jared hensley does play and maybe in a second you can add on to your part of what you think it could be without him but like I said earlier, Troy Troy is that starter if I if Jarrett can't play to me because the starting five to me should be Xavier, Stulich, RJ, Jarrett, and Clarence. Again, there's spots in there you could flip up. You could put Trent Brown in the starting spot for Stulich if you want Yovan off the bench. That's if you didn't want to make your bench a little weaker with Trent on there. And then I think those are the only switchable spots. X, Jarrett, and Clarence should be surefire. It's just if AJ is that guy over RJ – and then Trent's that guy over Yovan. And then, again, if, if the starting five that I have is it, then you have Trey Miller, your lead guard off the bench, ball handler, score off the bench, and everything guy. You have Trent next to him, a shooter. You have AJ, a next step, do-it-all guy, and you have Troy and Scotty. I like the options, Noah, for this 10. If you were to dive into what your 10 could be, what starting fives do you like with Jared Hensley playing, what is it? Yeah, definitely. If if Jarrett plays, I'd say him, him and Clarence, obviously in the front, in the front court. Then your wings and back court. I would definitely say X. Obviously, X is going to start. Uh, then there's different different matchups potentially going matchups or just different rotations you could do. I mean, if you started, if you started Hensley, Rupert, McGee, throw in Trent Brown being that that graduate guy with x two leaders and then you have stulich miller D'Amico, bube and those other guys off the bench i mean if you bring miller and stulich off the bench that's two guys that can give you 10 apiece off the bench and your bench scoring is going to be the not only probably the best in the conference but potentially top in the country with that kind of two guys but i definitely would love to see stulich or miller start but i can definitely see Trent Brown, if healthy, finding a role to start there at that two. But if it was me, I'd start Xavier, Stulich, RJ, Jarrett, and Clarence. But there's definitely a lot of rotations that obviously we have a lot of non-conference games. And if there's injuries right away, you're not going to see a lot of – it's going to be a lot of different rotations throughout non-conference. For sure. Great point. And I think even Brian keeps touching on rotations and what they could still be less than two weeks now before the first game. And even Kentucky State, that's when you for sure see, uh, you know, no doubt. 
and you see in these scrimmages, yeah, for who's able to play at least. I'm glad we have the same five. I think that's just our best five, honestly. Like best shooter of Jovan next to X, and I think RJ. Everything we've said about these guys, I think that's our perfect five. That's a big five, six one, and then six five, six six, uh, six eight, and six eight. That's great. And again, I, I don't know if they're going to start because it says whenever they spill X. That's what Brian even said. So it makes me think Trey will come off the bench. I think that's the perfect role for him. You know, we didn't really – we talked last week about you said Connor Enright for player around the Valley of sixth man of the year. Makes sense. It's hard to forecast bench players. But if Trey Miller comes off the bench, he could easily be an all-bench member. And if he scores and does everything we've said, I mean, again, yeah, I think that's what it should be. You know, again, if you have A.J. Scotty, Troy off the bench with those guys we've said, I mean, that's pretty good. And then you and then you feed in Kennard, Sheridan, and Kay. That's a good 13, 13 14 options, which it's hard to say – Clearly, you're going to play that many guys. Doubt it. But freshmen will play, and it's all matter what they're going to do with this. It's just projecting, but it's fun to do, and we'll keep doing it before every game and even the Kentucky State preview, a small one before the start of the season, what it ends up being. Uh, but we like all of our options there. And, again, there's there's warranted reasons as to why someone wouldn't be you know, overly confident, whether that's now hearing about the Loyola stuff. But, Noah, I mean, who who could be the top scorers on this team? That's just something. I'm not necessarily – it's kind of a uh, – uh, yeah, uh, whatever the word is, kind of question overall, just speaking out loud. And that is the trays X, Clarence, Jared. It's we have, there's a lot of options. I mean, it's really hard to pinpoint who I guess X and Trey. You said Jared, though, if he plays. So there's options. We don't have to go through them anymore. But there is, there could be worry about shooting, Noah, because Trent Brown and Stulich are like sure fired sharpshooters. Brian was even asked about that from, from Rodney. RJ can shoot. Really, everybody can. It's whether it's going to be efficiently or not. Um, I think that kind of is a worry, and but it just feeds into the overall scoring, like what this team could be itself. Uh, you know, I think this team could have better wing defense on it. We talked about that. Jawan was undersized of a three-man when he got into our starting five. So RJ, AJ, Yovan, Kennard, like that is elite defense as on the wings. Like I love it. You know, that's not even counting our guards, X and Trey doing their thing, and Trent defense. I think we could be a great defensive team, honestly. It's maybe the defensive for the bigs because Scotty can do it. Clarence needs to improve in Cade's seven foot, as long as you put Troy in there as well. JD was so good at defense that we just need someone to take that next step to fill JD's shoes in that regard. Uh, you know, we overall here in, in the stretches of like who our top three transfers could be, blah, 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 top five players. But I think we've kind of given a just on the snow before we get to our record position. Uh, Predictions. Give me your kind of your your final thoughts overall about the players themselves, and again, what kind of season people can expect. There are people that are down on this year. Again, it's it's not. I, I think it should be a split. You can be excited, but that's if you dig deep. We dig deep too much into these guys to know that we'll be bad. I don't think you know picking ninth is one thing. I don't think we'll stay at ninth. Neither of us do. We have us around that. It's just. And it's just kind of positivity that I'm trying to bring because clearly I don't want to go through a season where they struggle. But again, I just don't think they will. I'm taking Brian's word for it that they're talented. No, what are your overall thoughts on what this team could honestly be? Like, honestly, what they could be. And because again, there's people talking about the bad parts of it. They're not really taking any positives from what they could be. They're not, not digging deep enough. No, what do you, what do you think this team could honestly be? Because then you can you can send it back to me because that'll feed into what our record could be this season. But what are your thoughts on the overall team and its players and what they could be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
I definitely see where Brian says this is his most talented team, but um, I also see where some people are coming from being a little bit down on this team with a lot of guys that there's talent there, but it's sometimes it's at different levels. It's unproven and it's just something we got to let play out. And if by the, I mean, because you're going to be through non-con and, we could still not be uh, – we still don't have a decision on Jarrett and still got to wait on that. There's so many things that we got to just sit back and let play out because there is – this is a talented team. But we've seen a lot of a lot of transfers that we loved and have talent come in here, and it just doesn't work out. So something you got to let play out, just stay – I mean, this team that's picked low, you just got to wait, and hopefully they – overachieve where they were picked because it's definitely possible but you could be I would I mean we both picked us right around where we were picked one spot above but I could definitely see where you finish where you're picked so um, it's just one of those things where there's a lot a lot of things that are still waiting to happen if we stay healthy this team definitely can overachieve but would not surprise me if it does not yeah and I think going into what you just said there about, I mean, the Jarrett thing and now injuries, there's, that's clearly something that feeds into weird confidence going in. If there was health and there was no worry about Jarrett, it could be a little bit more, but I think the more people know about these things coming in or what it could be. I mean, I think the injuries will be fine. It just feeds into the Jarrett situation. But again, that doesn't really mean being around ninth and we pick a seventh and eighth. That doesn't mean we can't be higher. I think you said, yeah, if we max out at six, it's fine. Like, it will exceed expectations if we finish if we are not playing on Thursday. Like it's just it's just realistic. Again, we're gonna be honest, we're gonna be realistic, and we just know what we're talking about at the end of the day. So, you know, there's gonna be glimpses of bad talk and good talk. It comes with it. There will be bad moments in the season, hoping there could be good. I mean, it just comes with a season where you again you have the star players and it's just the flip of the page but again it's when you have a full team aspect it can be a good thing we had so many wasted possessions last year that should change i think you just get more aggressive guys this year and you get talented guys I, i'm this is one of the most excited i've been up for a season just because of the the unknown going in about what it could be i think it could be pretty good things again who knows where we could finish I don't I don't think we'll I think we'll finish in the middle of the pack. I don't think it's gonna be near the bottom per se, but it is a wait and see. It's all just forecasting, it's all guessing. That's exactly what it is throughout all of this. So um so yeah, that that's for the most part what we think about the team itself. No, I mean clearly again, players wise, what it could be as a group, and that's what we just said right there, but that feeds into what we think our total predictions of a schedule or on our schedule could be about what we think our record could be. You know, you gave an over-under about what we should be this year with as many home games as we have, 18. There's, It's respectable to say what our over-unders of wins should be. And it, I think it will be around that. No, I mean, I was just thinking of it, you know, over time here about overall record and even conference record going in. And I was trying to pinpoint which games I expect to lose potentially. I ended up coming up with a hard-fought 20-11 and 11 season that gets you, granted, you know, it's 20 wins, but it, if it feeds off of, we could have won 27 games last year on the team with missed ops. Every season is going to have games and opportunities where the team should do more than it did and it leads to wins or you barely skirt or losses and you barely skirt away with wins. It happens. But no, I, that feeds into our 18 home games. That should benefit this team. Granted, it's a hard schedule for a newer team. Like I said, 20 and 11, I had us at 12 and 8 conference season, which is around the middle of the pack. Uh, 
you know, if I were to pinpoint the non-con games, I think we lose. I think we lose to James Madison, but win the next one. I think we lose at home against Oklahoma State, and I think we lose at Wichita State. Other than that, I think we take care of our other home games. That's the first three. That's the second of the MTE. That's not home, clearly. But St. Louis, Austin P, North Dakota State, USI, expect to win. I think we will. I expect to start 2-2 two and two in conference, lose to, at Indiana State to start. Uh, beat UIC. Well, I forgot Belmont was one of those teams. It's hard fought. It's tough to say. I mean, if you can go through games, you maybe like. I expect to split with some teams. I expect to split with most. Maybe with most, maybe get swept by Drake. Twelve and eight conference season. Like I said, that gets us to that point. No, twenty is not crazy. We you gave the over under for a reason. It's because of the home games. It's fair. It's our most ever. Our non-com gives us some games where we could get some footing, but there are some tough ones. Noah, I have 20 and 11, 12 and 8. What did you come up with if you gave one? I know you did. What did? What do you think? Yeah, I definitely think that it could be an up-and-down season at some points, definitely through uh, non-conference play. But I think it's one of those where I have us – if I were set to over-under – I'd probably put it around 17 and a half. I would take the slide under. I have us winning 16 games, 16 and 15. Have us going 10 and 10 in the conference, finishing right where I have us. So winning that 10-game conference mark, uh, just a lot of things can play out through the season. So um, going 16 and 15 with our schedule and being 10 and 10 in conference is um, not really like to play downer on it, but I just think that – with the non-con, it's going to be tough, and there's just so many things that we need to find out in non-con. So there's going to be some games where it's going to be a mixture, a mix of emotions, but there's just things we got to let it play out and find out different rotations and stuff that we could struggle a bit with. When you see a lot of teams that have a lot of transfers and new additions, so I just think think going 16 and 15 in this type of year and being a pesky team that winning 10 conference games will be just fine in this type of year. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of record we had two years ago. It's the kind of record we had the first year when we exceeded, like, it's not crazy to think, yeah, around a 500 ish record for both instances of overall in conference. It's not crazy. Like I said, anything's on the table, honestly, it's just, it's just who thinks, you know, in moments where we could be a little better than we think and some think we couldn't, there needs to be a middle ground as well. I mean, nothing's too crazy at this point. I mean, that's fair to say. Like, we expect to beat teams we think we should. That's bottom line. And, um, you know, clearly some games that are more tough, it's 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 reasonable if we think we'll drop them. It's just those kind of things. Like, it's – I was actually going to touch on something else off of what you said in terms of – um you know, being a maybe being a pesky team or or you said new teams. Like if you know, it's one thing to have like a brand new team like Murray did last year to where they have Prome who's great like he's a seasoned coach. He's coming from good places. But like what they are and even what Peden coming into a semi new Illinois State team, like they were well like around or well below five hundred for Illinois State, you know, in their example, but because we have a, a coach who's been in here now for a while and we know what he expects. We have X and Clarence and Trent, like some of our top players, important players that are returning. And that feeds into freshmen with new guys. It's just, if you bring in experienced guys or bring in talented guys, it does have to mix in, but it's different having consistent guys back than bringing almost 95% guys back. And we're like at the, what the 70, 65 mark. So it's not that much of a difference, but I think it, you know, can, it helps clearly bringing back guys that know what it takes. So 
again, you know, we'll revisit it throughout the year of how it's going, clearly what we're on pace for. Well, you know, who's closest? It wouldn't matter. Hopefully we're right in the middle of what we both predicted, honestly. Like it, it's one of those things that it is a play out, as you said, it just all depends how it plays out. So again, and I wanted to end here with talking about how, what we can expect from the crowds this year, Noah. I mean, I had a stat here just because we talked about it near the end of the season last year about what we did last year. We broke, we did so many great things. We our home average home attendance went up 17.6%. We played seven games this year when we had 5,000 or more uh, fans and three games with 6,500 fans. And we averaged about 5,000. And we know the, the Belmont game was 7,100. Like I think, and like it feeds off that. Like there's no doubt fans who are casuals at least would think, I don't know any of these guys. There's no Damask, no Jones. What the heck kind of thing. People still show up to games. We know that, Noah. But it's all about what they think going in for a year where it's a lot of new guys to get used to. And I'm hoping because Dog Pound said they're just scratching the surface with things. I think they came out with their topics recently but or their themes for what they'll do. No, we can expect pretty good crowds overall, I think. And Maybe not to the level of last year, but Tim Leonard and them are making an emphasis to be continuously good. All the all the new players are excited to play in front of the dog pound. We can expect the dog pound to be great again, Noah. Your overall thoughts on what the crowd could be, in your opinion, and then your overall thoughts on this season and your final thoughts. Yeah, definitely excited to see what the dog count can expand on, uh, things they can do. Um, looking forward to this season, new faces, and um, – expecting it to be up and down like i said so i'm just gonna sit back watch these new guys and uh see what happens with this stuff this is a topic for another time but uh what happens at the end of this season because it's extension should happen after this year for your head coach brian mullins but that's another you can we can dive deep in that at some other time but that's just something to think about as you go through this season um if things go south it probably doesn't happen at the end of this year. So definitely something that back in my mind a lot um, going into this season, but looking forward to it. A lot of new faces, a lot of talent like Brian's been talking about. I uh, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. And I think clearly a season like last year, third in the league, 23 wins, like helps the cause for his sake. If we finished around 500 again and did average, I think it'd be on the brink, but a season like that helps. I mean, he's got to sustain. That's why I'm hoping just around that, if we meet in the middle of our record and it's around 18, 19 wins, helping with the home games, that it kind of makes that a season. But this is our toughest schedule we've had yet. So that's where it's kind of where you can have the teeter-totter of what to believe. So it's all understood at this point. So that is a topic to have later on. But again, it helped having the season last year to help the cause in that. But talk about that at a later time for sure. But yes, overall, it should be fun. Again, November 6th will be here. It's 12 days away. It'll be exciting. Uh, thinking we'll have a small, I'm not sure if I'll be a part of a Kentucky state preview near the end. No, I'll let you handle that. I have some stuff to take care of at the start of November leading up to that game. But, uh, this is the last one we'll have until we recap that game. And just obviously our takeaways after the first one, what the, what everything, what, what you guys would expect about what we saw for the game and what we expect the rest of the way. And after that one game, so you can expect an, Noah preview in Kentucky State. I might be on it, though. I'm not sure. Expect a Kentucky State preview, though, in the coming week or so leading up to the game. So, again, hopefully, you know, an exciting season. We're excited for it. You know, keep up with us all season long. Our tweets, our everything, our podcast after each and every game. We might combine episodes this season like we've done in years past. But 
the typical everything. We're excited for it. Keep up with all of our content. So, Fornick Malone. No alerts. We'll see you soon. Go Ducks.